In today's Live Treasured podcast, getting rid of the worry that's hindering your harvest. Hey there, Treasure Tribe. Welcome to the Live Treasured podcast and our summer Bible study series called Shift Your Lips. Today, we're going to tackle that topic of worry. Women, hey, we are warriors. I know that I'm a warrior. And I want to ask you a question. Do you think that when you worry that you're being a bad Christian? Well, I certainly hope not. Because this past week, I was stuck in my worry rocking chair. Now, for all of you that have watched Joyce Myers over the years, you know what I'm talking about. I used to love, it was so such a great picture for me, but she would talk about how when we worry, it's like sitting in a rocking chair and going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but you never, you never make any progress and nothing ever happens. And so really, um, worry, worry is just very unproductive. And not only that, but it's actually should be a signal, like an engine light in our soul that there's somewhere, there's somewhere that we're not trusting God completely for. There's something or someone that we are afraid to let go of. And here is another, I guess, blessing or encouraging point to you about worry. I happen to think that anytime there's growth on the horizon, that worry sort of accompanies that because, you know, the the enemy wants to choke out the harvest inside of your life. And worry, the word tells us, is a great way to do it. So, But we've got truth today. Man, I'm telling you what, preparing for this Shift Your Lips series has been such a godsend in my life. I just want you to know that I'm on this journey with you, and I'm excited to share with you this new insight that God gave me about worry. So um, I first want to start out with why we do this, why women in particular, we just automatically worry. So let's tackle that first. And the first thing is that I think that we care about people, right? You care about your children. You care about your friends. You care about, um, you know, just your husband, your loved ones. And so because we care about the people in our life, we worry. I can't tell you how much I worried about my children. Okay, so a lot of times it's legit love and care over others. But here's the problem with that. The problem is, is that worry doesn't do anything. It doesn't benefit our children. In fact, you know, one one of these days I need to do a podcast like on the 10 mistakes I made as a parent, but definitely worrying over my children would be one of them. And the reason is, is because, you know, initially I started out when my children were little thinking that being a good parent meant that I was going to control all their circumstances so they would never face any of the pain that I faced, right, when I was growing up. I mean, that was like the mission. 
Well, how many of you know <laughs> that that's an impossible mission, right? Because we live inside of a broken world. And so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, because anytime something would go wrong, I would worry there's anxiety inside of that and our kids can feel it. They can feel it. And so I th- I believe really that that was completely unhelpful for my children. And also here's the other thing. Our children need to learn how to, you know, go to the Lord and depend on the Lord because they are going to one day leave leave the nest and they will face problems. They will face things that are worrisome. And so you are modeling how to handle that. Now, I remember sometimes I would listen to podcasts when I was a, a mom of, of my, when my boys were younger. They're out of the nest right now. And then I would start to feel guilty (laughs) for worrying because I wasn't supposed to worry. So don't worry about it. If you are worrying, what you need to do is say, you know, I'm doing this because I genuinely care about my children. But today inside of this podcast, I'm going to make a shift that's going to be good for them and good for me. I mean, I even remember thinking when I was really trying to change not worrying over my children, that I actually felt guilt if I wasn't worrying about my children. And that is simply not God's truth. Over and over again in the Bible, God tells us not to worry. And certainly with our children, that is definitely one area that you need to continue to surrender them to God because it's not that it's bad or that it's, um, you know, uh, wrong that you're doing. It's just not productive. And God is basically saying, you know, you need to trust me. So another reason why we do this, and this is sort of a, uh, a, a um, based on just how our, our human body reacts, because anytime we do something and there's a reward involved, our body remembers that and it triggers, it creates these habits inside of our life. And so a lot of times, and and many psychologists believe that whenever we worry and then nothing bad happens, like in our future, we feel like that we had, that that was good. Like we were concerned and we fixed and we had, there's some sort of link that happens in our brain when I worry about my future. In other words, when I'm scanning the horizon, when I'm looking out for every little thing that could happen wrong, and then let's say nothing did happen wrong or bad, then our brain says, hey, let's do that again. So that's another reason. And then the third reason, and this is sort of closely tied to that, is just wanting to be in control. That that we're really, and again, I think this comes from such a place of um, of uh, like a, a good motivation. In other words, we're trying to protect ourselves. We're trying to um, look into, you know, tomorrow and we're trying to fix every little thing. Now, if you have walked through trauma, this is in high mode for you, high mode, because you do not, 
you get triggered. You don't want what happened to you in the past to happen to you again. And of course you don't. So number one, don't beat yourself up about any of this. Like I just said, I was worrying at the beginning of this week um, before the Lord gave me some breakthrough in that actually through studying for this uh, podcast. But so, so, but the point is, is that God invites us to not worry. Just like the Lord invites us to rest, he invites us to not worry. Why? Number one, it's too much for you to carry physically, mentally inside of of your mind. Number two, he's sovereign and he is in control. And really, obedience means I'm not going to be in control anymore, right? I give up control over to God. And that's hard for people, all my fixers out there. You know that I'm a former codependent. And man, codependents, wow, we love to be in control of our environment. Why? Because we are externally referenced. And so we need to be in control of everything, And so when you live your life this way, and it can even be from good motives, right? When we were talking about worrying over our children, but when you live your life this way, you are trying to control things that you have no control over. You can't change people, lots of circumstances we don't have control over. We know from COVID that really, I mean, we're just, there's not a lot that you and I are really in control over. And so when this happens, that's when the anxiety kicks in because we're trying to control our future instead of trusting God for it. And we're trying to fix things. A lot of times we're trying to fix things. And the, the, uh, the focus of the fix, it's, it's always a good motive you know, it's it's because we want good things for our children and for for our future, and we're trying to protect ourselves. And I believe when we look inside of the word today, we're going to see there's nothing wrong with your motive. It's just the method. And I want you to think if you've seen Joyce Myers in her rocking chair. I bet if you googled it on YouTube, you could watch it. It's it's pretty hilarious. She's very funny, but she's rocking back and forth, and so doesn't get anywhere. And so that that's why we want to shift the worry um, into worship. And that's our um, and that's our tip today. Now, especially when we give that worry a voice, when we give it a voice, we're essentially uh, you know, feeding into the lies of the enemy. And so instead of worry, we want to shift our lips to to worshiping God. And I'm going to give you today just some practical um, ways, uh, biblical ways that you can do this, ways that we are not, you know, determining our grit by saying, I'm never going to worry again, right? We're going we're falling back on grace because in order for there to be lasting change, grace always um, triumphs over grit. But, but the first thing that I want you to see is that worry will hinder the harvest. Worry will hinder the harvest. And this comes from the gospel of Luke chapter eight. Now inside of this, uh, this scene, Jesus is teaching from um, with a parable. He often used stories to teach his message, and he's teaching the parable of the seeds. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that, but just to 
give a backdrop. Jesus teaches his disciples about using seed. And he says that there is seed and the seed falls on four different types of soil. Falls on the path, it falls on the rocky soil, it falls on the weedy soil, and then it falls on the good soil. And the the seeds that fell on the rocky path, uh, excuse me, on the path, the rocky soil, and the weedy soil didn't produce such a good harvest. But the seed that fell on the good harvest, on the good soil, produced an abundance harvest. Now we're not going to go into each type of seed, but I want to talk about the seed that falls in the midst of a worry weed. This is from Luke chapter 8 starting with verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. I'm going to read that again. The seed that fell on the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. How many of you, including me, wake up in the morning, you have awesome quiet time with God, or you go in your church, you turn on a worship song inside of your car that talks about God being your provider, and you're excited for the day, you go on your way, and then boom, you get an email, and the email has bad news, and worry comes in, and it chokes out the harvest that God intended for your life. It's basically a thorn, a worry weed, I like to call it. And so we see here that worry actually hinders the harvest, that you start out, but then your growth is stunted. And here's what I want to say to you. You cannot stay in control and experience growth at the same time. Your children... (laughs) Oh, I wish I'd had this message a long time ago. (laughs) Your children will not experience growth if you want to stay in control all the time. And that's just the bottom line. And that's what this parable is telling us. But the good news is, is that there is seed that it can, soil that it can land on, that the seed can land on, that will produce a harvest. And it says, uh, but a seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So let's let's talk about this more. Um, so the first point inside of this, because really we're talking about worry. And, and worry is when something, you know, we're worried about something or some one. And so if I really think about it, right, then I am my my faith, like if if I'm afraid of losing something, because oftentimes, um, well, let me just back up. Oftentimes when the Lord asks us to um to to let go of something or someone, whether it's our children or maybe we're worried in a certain circumstance because of provision or Maybe it's we're afraid of being rejected or lack of acceptance or whatever. 
Often when this happens, increases on the way, but anxiety and attachment crowd our courage to completely let go. It's really an attachment issue. And so when we get into that place where we are sincerely worried, now, and let me just back up here. There really is healthy fear. In other words, if I see a snake, I will get afraid. And that's a good thing because, you know, I mean, it could be a poisonous snake and step away. So I'm not talking about the healthy fear that exists inside of us that protects us from, you know, I don't know. Like, I I wouldn't stick my hand um, on, on a stove eye. That would make me fearful, right? Because I, you know, that's, that is the body's mechanism to protect itself. But I'm talking about when we have an attachment to someone or something so much that we are afraid that we're going to experience rejection, that we're going to, to lose the thing, or that, you know, we are not going to be, for example, provided for. And so here's the thing, you can't stay in control and have growth at the same time. And it really is the very act of confronting those fears and letting go that positions you to have that good soil. Now, the first thing that you want to tell yourself inside of this, because another thing about the seed parable, and I love this point, is that it's the farmer that is sowing the seed. Well, what does a farmer do? A farmer wants growth, right? Like a farmer always is for the plant. A farmer is, you know, fertilizes water, uh, waters the plant. And so from that, we need to remember that the farmer is for us and the farmer is for our children. And so with that, that can give me courage to live in a place where I'm trusting God, even when I don't have everything in my future in my control, right? And so something, in fact, um, I did a treasure, I wrote a treasure tribe study and inside of one of the videos, I talked about this and I talked about the fact that one thing that you can say over and over again Um, this was on the book of Naomi and every week we talked about a harvest principle because, um, the, not the book of Naomi, the book of Ruth, but we focused in on Naomi and every week there was a harvest principle. And one of those weeks, the harvest principle was the farmer is for you. And whenever I'm worried, it means essentially that there's somewhere else some other attachment that I might be holding on to too tightly. Uh, I love this passage about worry. I'm sure you're very familiar uh, with it, but it's it's Matthew 6, starting with verse uh, 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they, than, than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
the answer is no, right? Verse 28, and why do you worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows what you need. Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. I think it was Stephen Furtick that said that worry is worship in reverse. And I think that's very powerful. And I want you to think about that. The next time that worry hits your soul, you know, we've got to flip it. And we've got to see it as, you know, really an act of worship to let go of whatever thing we're holding on too tightly to so that we can worship God. You know, inside of uh, our message on gratitude, I talked about the fact that one of the reasons why we want to thank God for our blessings is so that we can hold tightly onto the provider and loosely onto the provision. And that's so important, right? Because any time that you and I fear something or someone more than the Lord, I'm telling you, It is really worship, and what we bow down to, we will be bound to, and God wants you free. And so inside of this passage, he's inviting you to trust him to take care of his needs. And so one of the things that you can do is crank up your worship tunes. And whenever you are worried about something, you know, we want to flip it to worship, And that brings me to my next point. The next point is wisdom. I think it's really important to, inside of worry, to really face those fears. In other words, when you're feeling that strong anxiety, and I mentioned in the podcast series on mental health that I actually take medication for anxiety, so it's not something that's unfamiliar to me. Um... But when I struggle with it, now what I do is I ask the Lord for a breakthrough. I ask him for a word to give me. And whether that is a word in the scripture or a truth the Holy Spirit gives me, I need wisdom. Like why, why in particular, what's the deep root uh, that, that there's all this worry over this certain aspect in my life. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And so some of us think, you know, the enemy's got us not only all bound up in worry, but also bound up in condemnation because we have those worry feelings or we have anxiety coming over us. And then we're like, well, I'm not supposed to worry because I'm a Christian. And so then we don't process those feelings with God and we just push them down. Because the enemy's like, what kind of Christian are you? 
So, I mean, for me, like, uh, you know, there's pretending, there's the lack of processing and being honest for God, but really the breakthrough comes when you say, you know what, I am commanded not to worry and God does not want me living this way. And so there's a truth that I need the Holy Spirit to reveal. And if you go to God and if you ask him, he will reveal it to you. Just try, try me. I mean, take God at his word. All right. So the second is ask for wisdom. The other thing too, is that once we get in that posture of worshiping God, we cranked up our worship tunes. And and when we do that, we kind of flip things. It's like God just becomes bigger. And it's like, we are reminded again, he is our provider. He is our redeemer. He's He is the one that controls our future and he has a purpose for me, right? So then God just becomes bigger than those things that we're worried about. And it's like there's a release that happens where we're like, right, God's got this, okay? Then we want to ask for wisdom, like why is the worry there Um, so that we can confront those fears? And part of the confronting fears, I think, and asking for wisdom is that you can ask God to give you a step to take. And the step to take should be one just for today. Lord, just for today, what is it that I need to do? Now, oftentimes, if we don't start worshiping God first, right, and asking for wisdom, if we are focused on are externally referenced, you know, all those things that we're worried about, we'll try to fix things, right? I mean, can I get an amen? I mean, instead of getting the worry weeds out of our own garden, we will try to fix other people's yards or fix our children's situation. And again, the motive is usually always biblical and good, but it's the method that God wants you to change so that he can be uh, in control. Um, I, this, this, not this summer, but the summer before I was making some huge decisions uh, about treasured ministries. And I was really at a loss for what I should do. And the Lord gave me this scripture. It's Psalm 143, seven through 10. And every morning when I would wake up, I would pray this Psalm, I'm going to read it to you. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me or I will die. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. And I'm not kidding you. I prayed that verse every single morning. And I was worried. I was so anxious. I um, didn't know what to do about the future. I felt like I was entering into this space where I had you know, no idea what I was doing. And I want you to know that God was faithful. He was so faithful. And it was so overwhelming to me. You know, sometimes I think 
those of us that try to get 50 steps ahead to try to prevent anything from happening, you know, we're the planners, we're like, let's, you know, we've got the picture of how we all want it to work out. And so we work very hard to try to make that picture happen. And so with that, there can be a lot of overwhelmingness that, is that a word? I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, you know what I'm saying. It can feel overwhelming. And I think that one of the gifts that God tells us is not to worry about tomorrow. Just concentrate on today, right? And so what I started doing was I was like, well, God is in control. God knows what he's doing. And so today I'm going to pray this prayer, Lord, just for today. What's a step that I need to take? And so God will give you these little steps to take. And these steps help to confront the fear. Sometimes when when we worry, I know for me, you sort of get paralyzed. Like you can't really think clearly. Um, you're usually very tired because worry you know, taxes, anxiety is very taxing to your body, body, excuse me, your body physically. And you can't really focus, right, to to make a decision. I'm telling you, it is the best thing that God can lead us because it's like when I get in that um, area where I'm just so strung out, I know it's time to stop and breathe. And this is my go-to psalm. It's actually this the uh, nurse scripture this week that I'm going to ask you to dive into. It's Psalm 143. It's a beautiful psalm. Um, but I, I love to that the Lord will give us those little steps to faith to take um, because that just shows us, you know, sometimes when we're in worry, we can feel so powerless. And that is simply not the case. All we have to do, it doesn't even matter if we're in the situation that we're in and we're the ones that have completely screwed up. God is not going to leave you there. And it's a matter of saying, okay, you know, this is a mess. I'm scared and I don't know what to do. But I'm your servant and I'm just here to do your will. And I love that psalm. Um, and when you stop, just watch and see. All right. Now, God will give us little steps to take, and those steps will help us to confront those fear. But in order for you to, once you get the wisdom, you've got to walk in that wisdom. Here's another great verse, Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. You know, Stop. Stop worrying. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Oh, I know. Sometimes we just want a word from God, but really the word is going to come with a walk. In other words, it's not just reading our Bibles. It's, It's being obedient and not just to like a list of rules and should and shouldn't. It's about pressing into the Holy Spirit and asking God for a fresh rhema word to give you what is my nourishment today? What do you want me to do? And here's the thing. 
God speaks to us all the time, everywhere. He speaks to us through his word in the Bible, but also through a friendship, through a sermon. And it's about us stopping, coming to him, asking for wisdom, and then you must be obedient to the word. You know that Nike slogan, just do it? And here's the other thing, you know, when we go to God first and ask for wisdom, when we're worried about things, a lot of times the first place that I want to go is I want to call my husband and ask him. I want to call my my sister because we're best friends and ask her and, and, you know, and I just worry. But you know something, the other day when I had my breakthrough, you know what I did? I reached out to a good friend of mine. She's in the treasure tribe. And I said, I need you to pray for breakthrough for me. And I didn't go into what was going on and what do you think? And you know what? Godly wisdom has a place, but it's not the first place. The first place is the Lord's wisdom and crying out to him. And my friend prayed for me. I I mean, I can't even describe to you the breakthrough that happened in inside of Uh, inside of yesterday. And so ask God for wisdom, go to God first, and then you're going to need to walk in that wisdom. And here's the thing, you know, inside of going back to that scripture uh, in Luke, where it's talking about the parable of the seeds. In verse 15, when it talks about the good soil, it says, but the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and persevere producing a crop. So to me, that says that, you know, even after you get your word from God, that the enemy is going to come and try to attack again. And you must persevere. You must go back to that word and you must stand on it. And you must, you know, embrace it and understand that the enemy is going to come against it. If you've been listening to this podcast series, you know that God opened up a huge door in our life, answered a huge prayer request for our family, and that the blessing of receiving that, there was guilt false guilt that I felt with that. And then God showed me that this is something that he gave to us that we need to embrace and steward and give. And once I got that word, I understood something that a lot of times, The blessings that we receive from God in our life, my babies, our children, right? Sometimes the enemy wants to steal the joy of being a mom and all those things with worry and to choke the harvest. And isn't that just like him to take what God has given and try to steal it away through worry. 
And I'm telling you what, no more. You draw a line in the sand. You trade your worry for worship. All right, and the last one is to wait. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You must continue to trust the Lord. And a lot of times that's waiting. When God plants a seed in your life, you don't see the harvest just yet. You know, whenever I um, I planted zinnia seeds in my yard, it took a little while for the seed to come up. And when you don't see a tangible evidence of God's working yet, you know, when there is still work being done uh, below the surface, right, to support the plant, but you don't see the plant yet, sometimes we falsely believe God must not be working and we stop watering the plant. And then we might even pull back into self-reliance, right? But that's not the truth. You stand on that word that God has given you and then you wait. You know, and one of the ways that we fall back into and hinder the harvest is we get back in that fix-it mode, right? Instead of letting God, the farmer who cares for us, to take care of things, we'll step in, right? And, and we'll try to fix. And so that is my teaching on worry today. I pray that you were blessed through this message. And I pray also that you were inspired and encouraged that God doesn't want you to worry. And that if you do worry, certainly that doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. You know what it probably means? I bet you it means that you've got a big old heart. And God wants you to know this today. It's not your motive for worrying. In fact, he loves the big heart that you have for your children. How you want to protect yourself from further uh, abuse if you've been through trauma. Of course you do. Don't you dare feel bad about that. But it's the method. And he wants you to trust him. And sometimes as women, myself included, we've got this picture of how everything needs to work out. And we're trying so hard to make that happen. And God says, open up your hands and trust me. For I am the farmer and I am for you. And my harvest is one that will not only nourish your heart and bless you abundantly, but will spill out and bless others. All right, that's the end of our podcast today. And again, if you want to dive deeper and replace some of the lies with God's truth, dive into Psalm 143. And I will see you next week for our next talk about shifting your lips. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.